0: You're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management.
1: Hey, hey, this is Christine Pittman and you're listening to TMI, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Why? So that you don't have to find these things out for yourself. You can just listen to this podcast, relax, do whatever you're doing, and we're going to give you some great ideas to streamline your life. So... I spent a bit of time, um, before Thanksgiving, making a big batch of pierogies and a big batch of cabbage rolls, um, which some people call stuffed cabbage or my Ukrainian family calls holopchi. Um, and I remember while I was doing it, just feeling so comfortable and at ease, and it was enjoyable. I spent this entire day in the kitchen making these two things. They involve lots of different steps and and pieces of the equation, but it's something that I've done so many times. Um, If you've been listening to this show, you know that my parents had a Ukrainian restaurant, a pierogi shop, um, when I was 12 is when they opened that. It's the Progie Patch and Deli in Lockport, Manitoba. It's not there anymore, but it was there right on the corner. Uh, and that store I worked at from the age of 12 on weekends and vacations, definitely throughout the Christmas season. It was their busiest time of year. And I spent a lot of time there. I spent a lot of time making progies and making cabbage rolls there to the point where I can now do this, like, almost in my sleep, right? Um, and and it it feels good to remember it, but it's also just super easy. And so that day that I spent in the kitchen, I made um, seven dozen progies and seven dozen cabbage rolls. And um, it was easy and nice. I had a podcast on or music. I was talking to anyone who was in the room with me without, you know, thinking much about it. And it was really super relaxing. And I felt similarly while actually cooking for Thanksgiving dinner this past weekend. I had um, actual Thanksgiving with my boyfriend and his mom. And then um, a couple days later when my kids were with me, we did a Thanksgiving on Sunday. And all those recipes, of course, I've made a bunch of times to the point where I don't use recipes to roast a turkey or make mashed potatoes. So it was a super enjoyable day, but also um, I was able to have my kids in the kitchen a little bit with me, and I was showing my daughter how to make pumpkin pie, and she did most of it herself with me kind of supervising. And then my son made some mashed potatoes, and I taught him how to trim green beans. And it was just it was really easy and not at all stressful to have a things going on while making these meals. And I think it's because they're just so like habitual at this point and so easy that it frees up that other part of my mind. And so it's a lot more fun. And I think that um, when we think about um, meal planning and cooking and making these strategies for our life, we don't always think about what recipes or what meals are enjoyable for us to cook and easy for us to cook and why that's important. Whether you love cooking or hate cooking, I think having things to make that aren't new and that you're familiar with uh, takes a lot of the pressure off and lets you relax and enjoy the cooking process a whole lot more. So in this show today, I'm going to talk some more about um, how to find and focus on and make recipes and meals that are already familiar to us. And I'm going to have a really great conversation with my friend, Gabriella who um, ha- has had a change in her life recently and is finding her relationship with cooking and how she enjoys it different. And I think some of this is very applicable to that conversation with her. And then at the end of the show today, I have a meal plan for you. That is all um, recipes that have already appeared in the show's meal plan in the last sort of 10 weeks. So the idea being that, you can get practice at making some of the same things because that is what's going to make it easier and way more enjoyable to meal plan and cook for your household. If you're so nice. So today we're talking about how familiarity with recipes or specific meals can make it more enjoyable for you to be meal planning and cooking in the kitchen and I was telling you about my day making prokies and cabbage rolls, but I want to like make that point a little stronger like progies aren't Easy to make. Uh, easy is a weird word, and I don't always like using it. But you know, there's a lot of steps. You have to make the filling. So you're you're cooking potatoes and and then mashing them and adding stuff to that. And you have to make the dough, and it has to be sort of the right texture. It's best if it sits in the fridge even overnight, and then it's easier to work with. And then you've got to actually like cut them and pinch them, and then make sure they're not touching before they go in the water, because then they will stick together. And they come to a boil, and how you know they're done, and then you try for them to cold water so they cool down right away because they're less likely to stick together if they're cold and so there's all these steps to this process right but I just it's it's just instinctive and I don't think twice about it because I've done it so many times and I think about like the contrast with that too I made ravioli um, with my ex-husband a long time ago before we had kids so I don't know like 15 years ago, we spent an afternoon making ravioli and it was chaos and it was terrible. And I mean, it's almost the same thing, right? Dough, filling, boil, but you know, the filling is different. The dough is different to work with. The process and everything was slightly different. And it was just messier and felt more out of control because I wasn't used to it. And it's not something that I was familiar with. And I think that also, um... It is true when I think about how the number of times that I ask people on this show or just in everyday life what their um, go to meal on a crazy day is. Like, I swear to God, nine out of 10 people say spaghetti and meatballs, or sorry, spaghetti and meat sauce, right? Spaghetti, spaghetti. Right. And I mean, spaghetti's good and most people like it, I, except my daughter who still insists that I rinse the tomato sauce off of the beef. But whatever. Most people like it. But you just you've made it. You've seen your parents or other people making it. You've made it so many times that you don't have to think about it. You can just, you know, get that pot of water going, start chopping that onion, and you just, you just know the steps for your spaghetti and it frees up your mind to do other things. Um, and then I think also that, um, oh yeah, I was talking with Gabriella, who I'm going to be interviewing in this show later, but we were having a conversation and she was saying that her mom Made a cookbook for her of all their like family recipes and things that um she made regularly when they were growing up and Gabrielle is finding this to be just such an amazing resource for her because it is things that she's familiar with and things that um that she's made a bunch of times or that she's seen her mom make and so there's of course this connection to family and tradition, but also just this knowledge, like almost like muscle memory sometimes, you know, like you just know what to do next. Your hands are doing it and it doesn't matter if you're having a conversation with your son or if you're listening to a show, you're just able to do this way more easily and it flows and it feels Zen and good. And comfortable, and is nowhere near as stressful as, you know, trying a new recipe for the first time. And I think also about um, my most well used cookbook. So, back when I was in college, my friend Dave had a copy of the Good Housekeeping Illustrated cookbook, which is from like the 70s or the 80s. And it's just thick great cookbook. And, um, my mom was visiting and I showed it to her because you know, mom, Dave's got this great cookbook. You need to have a look. She, it, it was actually at a print at that point, but she tracked it down and got a copy for both of us and I loved it and it was great. And then a few years later I spotted the new edition of the book. So the new edition that had just come out was in 2001 and I bought her and myself a copy of it. And I swear I'm going to take a picture of this and put it on Instagram for you guys. It's like the spine is gone and there's like all kinds of marks all over it. There's notes everywhere. And it's just a disaster of a cookbook at this point. But, um, part of that is not just that I've made a lot of recipes from it, but I'm so familiar with the book that when I need to know how to make something that I don't know how to make, I'm more likely to grab that because I know where to find things. Like, it's just, it's like that muscle memory, that like habit familiarity that I'm talking about from cooking is even there for like another step of like where I go to find the recipe. It's easier and more comfortable and nicer if I'm using a book that I'm familiar with or a website that I'm familiar with and know where to find things. So... If it's true that um, recipes and meals that we're more familiar with and that we've made more times make the cooking process more enjoyable for us, I think that means that it's important that we spend some time trying to figure out which meals those are so that we can have more enjoyment in our cooking in general. Right. And so I want us to spend a little bit of time on that. There are a couple of ways or three ways that I can think of that would be um, the most efficient to do that. Um, the first would be to just, you know, sit down for a couple of minutes and jot down the first things that come to mind that your family really loves that you, you make somewhat often, you know, that's just going to be a list. You've probably already got it in your head, but getting it jotted down so that when you go to do your meal planning, uh, you can take that list with you and, you know, add some of those things, especially like if, you know, you've got a crazy busy day, stressful day coming up, choosing one of those like more comforting. I know how to make this meals. That's going to be really great for you on that day. Another thing that you can do, which may save a little bit of time, is ask your family, you know, which recipes or which meals that we have are your favorites. And, you know, they might say ordering pizza first, and you can write that down. That's super easy (laughs) to have on your list. But, you know, uh, make note of those things, because probably if they're favorites, if like your family has a name for them, um, one of my family's ones is, we call it sausage soup, in, in the house, but it's actually the zuppa Toscana that I've put on the meal plans before. And it's on the meal plan for this week too. Um, and, um, that like Tuscan soup with sausage and kale and potatoes, or sometimes I put farro, it's kind of a little creamy. That is just like a great go-to for a family. And so if I said to my kids, Hey, What's something that we have often that you really like? One of them would for sure say sausage, sausage soup. So, um, you know, to get a quick jot down list of, you know, 10, 15, 20, I don't know things that your family really likes. And if they have a name for it, if they're familiar with it, it's probably one of these ones that you've made a whole bunch of times, right? And then the other way that I think you can go about this is something that we've already been talking about on this show, and that's this calendar that I bring up all the time. So um, if you're new to this and haven't heard about it before, what you do is you get a calendar. It can either be one that, you know, one of these like cat calendars that somebody gives you as a gift that has a picture of a cat every month and then all the, you know, squares for each day, normal hang up wall calendar, or What I usually do is I just Google for PDF printable calendar, And then you can kind of format it the way you want. I like the squares to be big and the numbers to be small so that I have lots of room to write down. And I do one month per page and I'll print four to six months of this PDF printable calendar. And then um, what I do on there is I jot down what we've already had for dinner. So it's not a planning forward sort of thing. It's a, when I get a minute, I write down what we've had the last week or so or last few days for dinner. On there and then I can use that later to get ideas for my meal plan but certainly if you're doing that calendar you can flip through it and make note of the things that you're making often which are probably the things that you know how to make easily without thinking about it and then crucially once you have this list whether you got it from the calendar or from your own brainstorm or from brainstorming with your family once you have this list, you can use it to add meals to your meal plan on days or four days that you know are gonna be more stressful. You know, Mondays are always kind of meh and people are in a weird transitioning to something new kind of mood, weekends over. Maybe Mondays when you want, yeah, you know, spaghetti or a zupa toscana or whatever that is that's just your like easy, I know how to do this in my sleep kind of meal because definitely when we make things that we know how to make that are familiar, the food itself is comforting to eat but the process of making it is also comforting and more enjoyable. And if we enjoy the cooking and we enjoy the eating, we're much more likely to do that and to be making these healthy, delicious meals for our family.
0: You're listening to Christine talk about meal planning and time management, but do you know who she is? She's been helping households with her recipes and time management ideas for over a decade on cookthestory.com and The Cookful. With over 2 million visitors per month on her websites and over 40 outstanding cookbooks, now she's talking to you directly on this podcast and accompanying newsletter. Go to cookthestory.com newsletter and get her meal plans, recipes, and all her amazing ideas to help you and your family in the kitchen. Now back to the show.
1: So every week on this show, I like to talk to somebody uh, about how they meal plan and cook for their household. And the idea behind that is just that, I mean, we're all eating to stay alive, which means we're figuring out something and we have our own strategies and things that work for us. And I think that hearing about other people's lives and what they're going through and how they're making it work or not making it work, what their struggles are, all of that is super helpful. So today I am talking to my friend Gabriella Alkowitz. Um, I know Gabriella because our kids go to the same school when they're not being homeschooled, which they all are hers and mine right now but when they're going to school they go to the same school and she and I became friends because we were both on the PTA board for a couple of years Uh, she was the president she still might be actually, even though she's homeschooling. But she she's been on the PTA board for a really long time at the school, and she's very organized and, and enthusiastic and competent. And um, I and she's got four kids and uh, just a busy life and an interesting perspective on um, getting food on the table. So I really think you're going to enjoy hearing about Gabriella and her cooking life.
0: Pick up-
1: Hi, Gabriela. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. It's so nice to hear your voice. I want to start by asking um, who is in your household, and who does most of the cooking?
2: All right. So, there's six of us. It's my husband, Andreas, um, and then I have four kids. I have Olivia, that's 12, and Lucas, that's 10, and then I have Noah, Liam, that is seven, and Noah, that's five. And uh, I would say that I do most of the cooking.
1: You do most of the cooking, and do you? I do most
2: of the cooking. Do
1: you like cooking?
2: Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I used to actually love cooking until I had kids, Mm. Um, because then it became much more of a chore. Um, You know, it's 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 an everyday thing, and it's you know you have to put food on the table, and um, it's not enjoyable when the kids don't eat the things that you want that you're cooking and it's it's just kind of hard it's 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 not that fun anymore unfortunately every now and then it's fun if the kids enjoy it but for the most part when you have four kids you're not not going to please all four of them and it becomes a chore right so not oh. anymore
1: yeah, that makes so much sense to me. So, yeah, you have to do it every day. You have to make sure things are healthy or that they like them. And there's so many requirements and they don't eat it. So you feel like all the effort was for nothing like that.
2: Right. And it becomes very, uh, you know, you you cook the same thing over and over again because you know what the kids like. Mm. Um, So you end up cooking that same thing. And some of those things were my favorites before, and it, it's become kind of not enjoyable to even eat them anymore because it's you're cooking them so much um yeah
1: Yeah, that makes sense to me a lot i feel like you know i have my kids every second week and so i feel like yeah, the weeks that I have them, it's often like, okay, it has to be by this time, we have to, you know, we haven't had vegetables, we haven't had fish lately, or like, I, I'm in that kind of place. Whereas when it's just me, or just me and my boyfriend, it can be much more, when do you want to eat? What do you feel like having like that? So you don't have any of that anymore. You just have the first kind.
2: <laughs> I think that time restriction that you just talked about too, um, mm. makes a difference too, because, you know, I my the range of my kids are from 12 to five. So my five-year-old, he goes to bed fairly early early, you know, Mm -hmm. um, which makes dinner, dinner has to be on the table kind of early Mm -hmm. and you have a busy day. And especially now with COVID, you know, I took on homeschooling Mm -hmm. as you know, Mm -hmm. um, with my kids and that's, you know, taking up a lot of my day. So I'm kind of having to fit in the cooking and dinner ends up being a little bit later than I'd like sometimes Mm -hmm. because I just don't have the time to get it on the table quick enough. That sort makes of. sense.
1: So let's talk about that. So, you used to have all four of the kids, or, th- well, I don't know, most of the kids at school. And then all of them, yeah. <laughs> all of them were at school already. So, you finally had them all at school and you were home by yourself sometimes. And then right. COVID hit. And now you've got them all with you all of the time.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, you know, my five year old had just started preschool um, actually that year. Right. So he's only been in, in preschool for uh, that's not actually true. He started the year before when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was in VPK. So that, this was the first year that I actually had all four kids in school full time. The year before I had my five-year-old home quite a bit still, mm-hmm. cause he was only in three days. Um, but this year I have all of them, um, at school or before COVID. And then all of a sudden I have all of them at home. Um, and in the spring when COVID first started, you know, there was, still, they were still doing school through the regular school system right. um, on the computer, which that was also very stressful with mm-hmm. having a five-year-old and a seven-year-old that, that was stressful to make sure that they were getting the work done. But all of a sudden, I'm doing all of it. I'm doing all the schooling without any proper um, teaching education. So that's kind of been a little bit of a challenge and it's t- taking up so much of my day. Um, mm-hmm. So when it's time to cook, you know, I'd rather actually be preparing for the next school day than to cook, but it's something I have to fit in, which is kind of annoying.
1: Yeah, you have to fit in the cooking. So probably given what you were saying at the beginning, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that you're disliking cooking even more than you disliked it before.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you are, you're, you're teaching them during the day and then you're trying to get dinner on the table by like six thirty or seven or something like that.
2: I try by six, but it, lately it's been closer to six thirty or seven. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you finish teaching for the
1: day and then you've got to get cooking. So have you, do you feel like the way you cook or what you've been cooking has changed now that they're there and you have these much busier days?
2: So I'm not a person that looks up recipes. I don't really care to do that. Mm -hmm. I cook by habit and I cook, you know, a trial and error type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I tend to just for that day, I decide what I want to cook. I have the things at home. So what I do is I plan basically, um, maybe seven or eight or nine meals that I could be cooking that week before I go shopping. Mm Um, and then, I don't necessarily know, like Monday come, I don't know what I'm going to feel like cooking that particular day, but I have a list of things that I could be cooking that week. Okay. So, you know, in the daytime somewhere, while I'm doing other things, I'm thinking, okay, what, is, what should I cook? Let's do chicken tonight, and I'll bring out the chicken from the freezer to make sure that it's thawed out and things. Um, and then I just start cooking after I'm done with whatever I need to do.
1: So you do, so you actually do things very similar to what I do. So you do make a meal plan, like you've got a list of recipes, and it's just not associated with any particular day, or not Correct. a list of recipes, but list of meals, and right. then you sort of make your grocery list based on that. And yes, then, yeah,
2: and then i actually COVID, during COVID, I've become more organized because I try not to um, shop all the time, so I've right. started using Instacart, which has I've never done before, mm-hmm. um, and that's been really helpful. But doing that, I don't want to do it, you know, two or three times a day, a week. So Mm -hmm. I've been planning better during COVID actually, um, to know a little bit ahead of time what I want to make. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I've been using so instant cart for anybody who doesn't live near us is our local grocery delivery. It works for several different grocery stores in the area. And yeah, I've been doing it too. I find it, um, Actually, you know what? I want to know what you think about it more and, and then I can talk about it. What do you think about grocery delivery?
2: I think it's been really good. Um, my only complaint is that sometimes, you know, if I might get home, grapes or not to the quality that I would have picked myself at the store and little things like that. But other than that, it's been really nice to just have somebody drop the groceries off at the door mm-hmm. instead of me having... Because that saves a little bit of time. And especially when you've done it a few times. The first time it's kind of tedious, but mm-hmm. then as you... Um, do it more, uh, more and more often. You already you can see what you purchased in you know last time, mm-hmm. and at least us, we tend to buy the same things over and over and over again. Yes. Um, so I can kind of look through the list that I've already purchased previous times, and so it's become a little bit faster that part, mm-hmm. and it's saving me time not to have to go to the grocery store. Yeah, I find
1: yes, I really like they have a like your item section, and you can just I I literally look there and just like yep 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 nope yep 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 <laughs> and, exactly. and go through it. It's very quick. I find my biggest frustration with the instant cart, and this is probably because I I buy weird stuff sometimes. I don't know. I'm blaming myself. They often can't find the thing like some of the things that I want. And if I'm not on, like, they text you to ask if you want replacements, but if I'm not on top of that, or sometimes the app is glitchy and it doesn't, like, notify me, then suddenly the grocery delivery is here and they couldn't find, you know, the boneless, skinless chicken thighs for some reason, or they couldn't find the cut of beef that I wanted, and so they just canceled it. And I guess you know what I do differently than you with my meal planning because I do associate each thing with a day. And so I get really stressed out because if they've missed something for what I was planning to make for dinner today, then I'm like, Oh, okay, well, I guess we can have tomorrow's thing, but then I'm going to have to go shopping to get that thing. And I get a little stressed out about that. So maybe I should, um, get rid of some of my OCD, uh, parts and, and not associate, everything with a day
2: <laughs> you know it's it's kind of funny you say that actually because i'm trying to lean the other way i want to go the day my mom when when i was little i knew exactly what days i was would be eating what type of food not necessarily exactly the exact meal but mm-hmm. I knew that every Friday we'd have some type of, gr- some type of ground beef meal for instance and mm. every Wednesday we'd have some type of fish thing and it kind of I think I think she did it to make it easier for her to plan right. and one of my biggest struggle is to figure out what to eat mm. um, you know and I think that it would help me if I had uh, every Monday I'm supposed to eat something that's kind of you know some type of soup, let's say, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it would help in the meal planning part. So I'm kind of leaning towards doing that actually. Oh, that's interesting. I
1: wonder, you know what, I haven't given a lot of thought to this before, but I wonder if that's the strategy behind, like some people do like meatless Mondays and taco Tuesdays and fish on Fridays or like, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. I wonder if without realizing it part of the reason people end up doing that kind of thing is because it's easier. Okay, I need a meatless thing I, I know
2: for I, t- I know I'm sorry I interrupted you. I, I know that I talked to my mom before about it and I know she said that, that that was one of the reasons. And now when I'm thinking about it it might actually be helpful even for the kids to know what to expect. Mm. You know, cuz like like I said, I knew exactly what I would be eating what day. Um so so I basically know when I had to eat a little bit extra breakfast or lunch, you know. And <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but maybe that would be helpful in getting the kids to eat better too that they knew that every Tuesday they would have tacos for instance and if they don't like tacos they they know how to prepare for it oh, that's interesting yeah and that it could and they
1: could get excited about things too right like right. ooh it's taco tuesday tonight you know or yeah. um yeah i like that and i like um that the right now especially with covid i feel like we're losing um like a sense of time sometimes like what month is it even like if it hadn't just been Thanksgiving I don't I don't even know if I would have said November like let alone what day of the week it is so maybe having some kind of you know with a celebration on Friday like pizza Friday or taco Friday if they love tacos or whatever to sort of you know help them stay with time a little better yeah that might be good um, so what is some of, or one of your favorite, like go-to meals? If you have like a really crazy day and you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. What do you, what do you make?
2: Okay. So I have three things actually. Um, one of them is spaghetti and meat sauce mm-hmm. uh, that I usually make big batches. So I always have it in the freezer. So that's just a, oh, let's pull that out. You know, last second kind of thing and thaw it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also something that my pickiest, which is my seven year old, um, he loves it It is his favorite meal so if he hasn't eaten for you know a few days which happens (laughs) um yeah he's he's he doesn't love eating he doesn't love sitting still at the dinner table either um then i know that i can pull that out um another thing is swedish pancakes because if i'm struggling with time Mm -hmm. i can actually make that while they're eating because the the best swedish pancakes are the ones that are freshest off the pan Um, so I will be by the stove and I'll make the pancakes and they'll sit at the table and I'll just kind of hand one at at a time to them and they'll eat it. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. What are Swedish pancakes? It's basically crepes. Okay. It's basically crepes, but I, um, kind of made them a little bit healthier. Um, so I added way more eggs into them without them knowing Mm -hmm. just to get them to get some more protein in there. Mm Mm-hmm um yeah so that's what I make and do they
1: have a filling or is it just the just sort of the crepe batter cooked and rolled or
2: okay so in Sweden we usually eat them with um jam so that's what we have what kind of jam um well we use raspberry jam here Uh I don't know exactly as other people I know at Ikea you know they would eat they eat them with lingonberry jam but I've never heard in my life anyone actually (laughs) eating them like that in Sweden so I'm not (laughs) sure where that came from (laughs)
1: that's fantastic oh that that so oh i can have a whole conversation about ikea food are swedish meatballs really swedish meatballs
2: yeah okay, okay so here's the thing my son absolutely loves swedish meatballs um so that's also one thing that i i i'm trying to get the kids to learn how to cook a little bit more oh. my daughter olivia she's actually become independent she's been helping me in the kitchen since she was about two years old mm. so she's completely now at 12 years old she can she asked me a few times now during COVID. hey mom can i make dinner i'm like yeah sure go ahead <laughs> fine wow. so she's in there completely 100 percent independent making chicken and doing you know her thing That's um fantastic. So the other, the other day my son was like mom when are we gonna have meatballs again i love those things so I was like oh let me get some ground beef and let's make them so um he actually helped me out in the kitchen making them so that was really awesome so are they That's-
1: are they like the ones at Ikea, so they're small meatballs in like a creamy gravy with the lingonberry jam on the side?
2: Okay, so I actually hate the ones at Ikea, mm-hmm. I don't like them at all. Um, I always make my own, I don't like the ones at Ikea at all, mm-hmm. but a lot of people do eat them with the um, brown cream sauce and lingonberry sauce, okay. that's for sure. so that's we, traditional. In my house, I usually eat them with pasta and ketchup which sounds really weird to a lot of Americans. I understand to eat pasta and ketchup together, but it's really good.
1: Oh, so, okay. So you're having like spaghetti noodles with ketchup and then the meatballs without sauce
2: on them, just the plain meatballs. Yeah, just the plain meatballs. um, And then I make the pasta, but I make a sauce to the pasta. It's just like a bechamel sauce with um, nutmeg in it actually and white pepper
1: that sounds fantastic so pasta with like a white bechamel sauce with a bit of nutmeg and a bit of black pepper and then some ketchup squirted over top and then the meatballs yes (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i want to say that sounds amazing but I, i i i'm sure it is
2: amazing it's my favorite meal one of them at least it's also really good actually to freeze them too um and then this last time i made them it was really amazing because my mom again my mom has all these creative ideas with with cooking mm-hmm. uh, she's my go-to person for cooking for sure um anyway she had seen a video where you actually instead of rolling them by hand because people are kind of takes it's kind of tedious to make i know so instead I know. of doing that she used one of those um what's it called the uh, plastic bags we have pastry in oh, and you can squirt like it a out pastry
1: bag or like a cookie press or a pastry bag something like that a pastry bag yeah so to put
2: the, the meat ground beef in the pastry bag and just kind of just squirt it out it, and it was really good I, I i didn't think that it would become you know round balls but it was really just as good as as when i roll them myself so that was really really helpful okay
1: so you squirt them out so you squirt it out squeeze it out onto like a baking sheet or something and then do you pick each one up and kind of give it a little roll or you just i didn't have to they
2: just so oh. so when i squirted it out i just used a knife to cut it off mm-hmm. and they it, it kind of became round and especially when you put it in the pan they, they you know you roll them around and there it became kind of round so that's, it was really nice that's really now, fantastic next time i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do in the oven first Mm -hmm. to save time and then put it on the stove just to get the you know good flavor of the butter and stuff
1: yeah no i like that i my quick my quick meatball um hack um, i call them one ingredient meatballs i buy sausages like sausage links um Uh like italian sausage so uncooked sausage links and i cut the casing off and then i just Grab like the meat, so you get about like three meatballs per link. You just grab three chunks and pop them onto the pan. Does that make sense? Um, But those would be like flavored, like whatever the sausage is. So you can't do your own flavoring. Yeah. No,
2: I always do my own completely.
1: But I feel like it's similar because that's going from like essentially like a tube of meat into balls, and you're essentially squeezing like a tube. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about that's kind of similar. Yeah. Um, oh, I really like that. Um, I want to, sorry, I want to go back to the ketchup thing because I, I, I I think I was being a little judgy and now I'm thinking about it and I put ketchup on like, um, craft macaroni and cheese, craft dinner is what Canadians call it. And I also am pretty sure that pad Thai, the like Thai noodle dish often Uh has a lot of ketchup in it. so I think it's this like, um like a little tangy little sweetness that it adds right like you wouldn't even necessarily realize it's ketchup is that how you feel about
2: it i i don't know (laughs) i i just i'm so used to putting ketchup on pasta so i don't i don't know (laughs) but you know like you have tomato sauce on pasta pasta Mm -hmm. a lot of times right Mm -hmm. it's not much different
1: yeah it's like sweeter and tangier but no you're right it's a tomato based thing that makes total sense to me yeah so you said you make big batches of tomato sauce and freeze it are there other things that you make sort of batches of and have in the freezer ready to go
2: yeah uh meatballs i make big batches of that because once i do it i want to make a lot of them mm-hmm. um and uh sometimes i make uh lee my seven year old he loves this dish that they used to have at tgif that they don't have anymore unfortunately um that's basic i make it it's it's basically crushed up tomatoes or i just you know crush up top, fresh tomatoes mm-hmm. and mix it with onions and balsamic vinaigrette vinegar oh um and he loves that and you have like parmesan cheese on so i use that use that with chicken so that sauce when i make it i usually lot make a lot of it also and i just freeze it and it's just as good when you take it out so then it's just about making the pasta and the chicken and it's not as tedious,
1: and the sauce is already there. And you could probably even, um, if you have leftover chicken or leftover pasta, just put that sauce to change it up on another day or something like that too, right?
2: Exactly, and I actually make a lot of different uh, cream sauces, and that makes the dish completely different. You know, you have chicken, and you have a cream sauce that tastes like. Um, rosemary and and uh, uh grapes i just made now for turkey for turkey actually for thanksgiving mm. um, or you have another sauce that tastes more like um, uh, i make another sauce that has um, sweet chili in it mm. um that's also really good so like it becomes a completely different meal just based on the sauce
1: okay i want to go back a creamy sauce with rosemary and grapes
2: yeah how do so what
1: it. how do you I, I i my mom does a roasted grape dish like a ch- she does a whole chicken on like a bed of grapes still on the the vine essentially like just straight from the grocery store bag into the pan with olive oil salt and pepper i think and the chicken and they get like juicy and like raisiny a little bit and they're really cool is it kind of like that or is it a completely different thing
2: it's it's uh the sauce is very it's it's sweet, but it's not like overly sweet. Um, so when, when I make turkey, I stuff the turkey with grapes and rosemary, just a big twig of rosemary, and I cut up the grapes a little bit, just stuff them in there. Uh-huh. Um, so that's how I stuff the turkey, and then you make the sauce from cream and um, the juices from the grapes and the rosemary. Wow. You just come put it in the sauce, and that, it's really, really good. That sounds amazing. Yeah, Is that like, is that a traditional Swedish thing or is that just something you figured out? I don't know. My mom used to make, again, my mom, she was a really good cook or she Mm -hmm. is a really good cook. Mm -hmm. Um, so she made them like that when I I was little. So Mm -hmm. that's how I make them. It's it's really good.
1: Cool. Well, I'm going to ask one more question before we wrap up. What is something about cooking that you actually do love?
2: Uh, I guess my favorite is if somebody actually enjoys the food that I'm making. You know, I hate um, serving a food, a meal that I've been spending an hour and a half on, and then nobody likes it. But if all the kids, especially my husband, will eat anything, but um, especially if the kids enjoy it, mm-hmm. it makes you feel good. So. I usually make a huge big deal about it when I make a new meal and the kids like it. I'll be like, yay, we have a winner or something like that at the table so that they get excited about it. And hopefully that will make them eat more stuff and try some more things.
1: I love that. Um, That's great. Thanks for talking with me today, Gabriela.
2: Sure. Thank you for having me.
1: Isn't Gabriella great? I think she has so many good ideas and oh my God, all that Swedish food. I'm all about the Swedish meatballs right now. And so, of course, they are on the meal plan for this week. Um, And um, the rest of the meal plan for this week, other than that, one day, is all things that have been on our meal plans in previous episodes. And my idea behind that is, of course, that um, once you've made something a few times, it becomes easier and more more part of a habit. And so you can sort of relax and enjoy yourself or listen to a podcast or teach one of your kids how to make something or have a conversation or whatever it is you're doing at the same time as cooking because it's just easier once you've made something a few times. So we are going to start off the week with one of my family's favorites. That's the Zuppa Toscana and that is based roughly on a soup from the Olive Garden it has Italian sausage you can use mild or spicy depending on your family's preferences you can use turkey or pork Um, it actually turns out almost identically either one and you can also use either sausage links or if your grocery store packages um, sausage meat I don't mean the like tube of sausage I mean the it's like Italian sausage flavored meat that's in a package and not in casings that's really easy because you're gonna be breaking it up as you cook it anyhow Um, and I have different versions of this recipe there's a quick one and there's an instant pot one I think there's a slow cooker one too I'll put links to all of those so depending on your mood you can do that and you're gonna serve that with a salad that has lettuce bell peppers and cucumber and your salad dressing of choice then on day two, we are going back to the first episode of this show and the brown sugar chicken. Oh God, this is so good. It's a uh, chicken thighs. It's like that dark juicy meat um boneless skinless so they don't take that long to cook and they're done in this uh sweet sugar brown sugar and paprika smoked paprika sauce with a little bit of garlic and it's really really delicious and you're going to make um that chicken and you're going to make some rice you're going to make Double the amount of rice that your family needs because we're gonna use it later in the week. And also, we're gonna do the whole roasted broccoli, which showed up on this meal plan a couple weeks ago. This is where you take a whole head of broccoli. You you have to um peel the stem, like the stalk a little bit. And other than that, it's just like the whole head, some olive oil, salt, and pepper on it. You can put red pepper flakes if you want, and it goes in the oven whole, so you're not breaking it up before cooking it, which is just really nice because it can just get into the oven real fast. You know what I mean? Now, I'll just tell you that it is cooked at a different temperature from the brown sugar chicken, but you can do both at 400 degrees Fahrenheit. They will both turn out perfect if you do it there. The chicken might take a tiny bit longer, but I don't even think it will. And you're going to make twice as much broccoli as you need because we're going to use it on another day also. Day three, we're doing a one-pan shrimp and asparagus, so it's frozen shrimp and fresh asparagus that go on a pan and is ready in a ridiculously short amount of time. While it's in the oven, you're going to cook up some egg noodles and make extra egg noodles because you're going to need those on the next day when we do... Da, 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 swedish meatballs <laughs> of course we have swedish meatballs on the menu um these ones are my swedish meatball recipe so i am not going to claim that they are authentic uh and they're done in the oven and then you make the sauce right in the oven on the pan too so it, it's a pretty cool take on that you're gonna have the swedish meatballs with some leftover noodles some leftover egg noodles and some leftover broccoli and i don't think well you can have jam with them if you want either way i'm not gonna judge anybody and i don't think that gabriella would either and then on the fifth day you're going to do a burrito bowl and you know these they're one of my favorite things to have on a meal plan Um, you're going to use the leftover rice from that brown sugar chicken day and you're going to use some chicken you can either have leftover of the brown sugar chicken if you made extra or you can make some chicken from scratch for that and you're going to have it with some gouda and you're going to have some of the lettuce and bell peppers and cucumbers that you had in your salad on the first day So you're going to use up some stuff that you have left in the fridge and you're going to make some really yummy burrito bowls on the last day. So that is our meal plan for the week. That's our show for the week. I hope you had a good time thinking about the recipes and meals that are easy and like habit for you to make and that you've had a chance to jot down or think about some uh, and make a list so that you can help make your meal planning a little bit smoother. And I hope you had a nice time listening and I had a great time talking. I look forward to talking again next week.
0: TMI is a production by Zwayne Entertainment. Have a production for your company or project? Contact Zwayne at zwayneentertainment.com. That's Z-O-U-A-I-N entertainment.com. Music by Audiosnack. Check out more of their music at audio-snack.com. Replays for harm during the making of the show.